You are listening to I Survived the Wild Outdoors podcast, where real outdoors men and women share their heroic tales of survival. I'm your host, Brad Mathewson, and this is their story. My guest today has a list of accomplishments longer than most books I've read. His name is Bob Lagasa. He is the owner of Free Ride Media, promoter of nationally syndicated television shows, producer, videographer, writer, professional skier, hardcore bow hunter, elk hunting machine, and a family man from Hayden, Idaho. Back in the fall of 2018, Bob and his hunting partner Greg were bow hunting for elk when they surprised a sow grizzly and her cub in the mountains of Montana. Can you explain to me what happened that day, Bob? That's a day I won't forget. Uh, October 13th, 2018. Uh, my hunting partner, uh, Greg Gibson, uh, we both uh, guide over in Montana. And the area that uh, we guide, we had some days off to hunt. And we were hunting public ground and part on the ranch. And this area, uh, it was a Friday afternoon. And uh, we located a couple of couple of herds of, of elk, or maybe it was just one big herd of probably 40, 50 cows and two bulls. And these bulls were constantly trying to, you know, get all of the elk. So I, I think that might have just been one herd at that point. So we tried to make a play on them that, that afternoon, and it just was not it was not happening. They were too much out in the open. This area that we located in was basically in some sagebrush. Uh, this sagebrush that I'm talking about is about the size of some really tall corn stalks and walking around the sagebrush is kind of like walking through a corn maze. So you don't really want to be out there stumbling around trying to find these elk for one to surprise them or be surprised. And two is uh, a lot of grizzlies hang out in this area just because it's kind of the gauntlet to a good feeding zone for these elk. So they, uh, it's a great area that they can kind of set up and, uh, you know, basically sabotage, not sabotage, but, uh, you know, ambush, ambush. Yeah. A little hard for words there. That's right. And, uh, Anyway, so we decided, we made a play that, okay, let's uh, go home that night, figure out a, a game plan. We're going to go down the, down the road about another half a mile, go in and a, another road that we know back there and skirt the side of the hill and get kind of above uh, where these elk were the previous night. Well, that Saturday morning, it is snowing, pretty much the first snow of the year. And it's big pancake-sized flakes that are coming down. Um, so we end up driving out to the end of this road and it's still dark and it's probably about 300 yards to make it over to the base of the hill. And it's going through some of that tall sagebrush. So we decided to just kind of wait in the truck until things lighten up to where we can see, because like I said before, this area does have grizzlies in there. I mean, we've seen them before, but never, you know, right up front. We waited till we could see. We started skirting along the, the hillside, kind of slightly elevated over the top of the uh, sagebrush. We can't see very far because, like I said, it is it is snowing pretty big. 
and it's and it's windy. Okay. But we can hear these elk probably about 300 yards away. Sound like there were two or three bulls. We skirt our way over, and we think we're probably about 150 yards above them now on this hillside. They're down in the flats in the uh, in the sage. Can't see them, but we can hear them. So we find an area in the sagebrush that's really low sage, like maybe two feet, you know, just kind of boot top, knee top. And it's got a clearing of probably about 50, 60 yards across. So we feel, okay, this is kind of safe where we can kind of walk through there. We can see. We make it up to uh, a tree, which is about 75 yards away. And we stop to kind of get our bearings and get a, a better idea of where these, these elk are. We hear them pipe off again. They're no more than 100 yards away, but on the other side of some sagebrush that is out in front of us. There's a little bit more of the clearing that we got to go through, probably another 30 yards. And we said, all right, let's just get up to those trees and we'll be, you know, hopefully within bow range and we can kind of just sneak our way through there. Didn't even make two steps and a cub reared up. She was probably about 12 to 15 yards away. She reared up, growled, and took off the opposite direction. And no quicker than she split out of scene, mom was barreling straight for Greg and I. Yeah, she's, uh, I mean, she's moving. And like I said, she's 15 yards away. Uh, both Greg and I are raising our arms, yelling, bear, bear, you know, just to try and, you know, be big. Yep. Uh, and within, you know, two lunges or bounds, we realized this was not a bluff attack or a bluff charge. This was kind of the real thing. And now she's probably about seven, maybe, yeah, seven yards away from me. And at that point, I'm in front. I didn't want to reach down and try and grab my bear spray or grab my pistol and have my arms basically, or have my head unprotected. Okay. And so I put my arms up like, kind of like you're in a barroom fight. Yep. Just to kind of uh, block. And I was just in the hopes that maybe that as she's charging, she's going to get a whiff of me and just, you know, blow by. That didn't happen. She got on me, and as she got on me, I'm backpedaling, arms in the air, kind of defensive, you know, like I said, fighting. And I believe that I tripped, falling backwards on my butt as she grabbed me. So the impact was not like being hit by by a linebacker. It was not not as bad. She had her mouth around around my arm okay my let me rephrase that my arm was in her mouth okay and she was swatting at me and i'm on my on my butt and i'm kicking and i'm blocking i'm kicking swinging my arms trying to scoot back and you know doing everything i can to get out of there yep and she lets go of me she rears up and she's standing up over the top of me and i'm like thank god that's it then she drops down on my side, on my right side, and her head is probably two feet away from my head. Wow. And probably, and it's at the same level. I turn my body to kind of be, you know, aware of what's happening. So if I, you know, so I can protect myself. And out of the corner of my eye, I see Greg 
spray with bear spray. Yep. She retreats. And then it dawns on me, that's why she let go of me the first time. As she's running away, both Greg and I are yelling, you know, bear, you know, probably a few other things. Yep. And uh, I, I'm on my ass still. I've got gloves on because it's snowing. I'm trying to pull my bear spray out of the, the holster on my hip. And as I pull it out and I go to pop the safety off of the canister, I sprayed myself. Yep. And it was just a matter of a, this is, this is how, how much bear spray. It was just like, I don't know if you could hear that, but it yep. was, and it went right in my eyes and it was the nail in the coffin for me. Both Greg and I have got bear spray in us. It's burning. It's for me, it's really, really hard to see. Greg's having a really tough time as well. And we're not sure where this bear is. So we're just making as much noise as we can have our bear spray out. I'm spitting water in my hands and throwing it in my eyes, trying to stop that burning. This goes on for about 15, 20 minutes of just total chaos, not knowing what is happening around us. And there was a, a couple of minutes into it that there's like probably two inches of snow on the sagebrush. Greg said, put your face in the snow. Put my face in, in the sagebrush. And I mean, that cold snow felt great. But all of a sudden, it was just so quiet, and I couldn't see a thing. And I thought, man, I got to fight for this because if I can't hear or see, the, you know, game is over. Yep. I, I'm now prying open my eyes with my fingers, throwing water in there. And I started noticing that on my left arm that when I was spitting water in it, making a cup, that arm was – my hand was like clicking just making a weird noise and it was getting harder and harder to make the cup. And I told Greg, I said, I think she broke my arm and I'm feeling my arm and it's doesn't feel dis, disconfigured. I'm, you know, at this point, unsure of, you know, what's happened. I'm asking Greg, you know, what's my face look like? I can't tell if I've been clawed. My face is, is bloody. My eyes are burning. Um, I've got blood running down, you know, all over. And finally, we start to kind of be able to have, you know, 20, 30 seconds of clarity at a time and have to stop again and kind of close our eyes, get water in there. We decide that it's best to go back the way that we came in, just because we would be elevated somewhat in the open where we could see if she was around. Yep. And we made the long trek back. I mean, it wasn't too far, probably a quarter mile, third of a mile. And, but it was slow process. We'd go like, you know, 50 yards, 75 yards and have to stop, throw water on ourselves. I mean, hold our eyes open. It was, you know, the intensity of it was, was pretty bad. Then we finally came to an area where we had a good open swath of that sagebrush that um, we can make it through. Um, that, you know, we felt comfortable that, hey, I can see, you know, 30 yards each side and have enough room to, you know, or enough time to, you know, get my bear spray out or my pistol, whatever it might be. We finally make it back to the road. 
Greg is in, you know, a little bit better shape than I am. You know, his, his eyes are still burning. He makes a beeline back to the truck, which is still probably another, you know, eighth, eighth of a mile, maybe a little bit more. Goes and picks up the truck. I'm waiting out there at the road and, you know, just kind of in disarray and, you know, trying to get a sense of, you know, my eyesight starting to finally come back. And at that point, I took a selfie to see how bad my face was. Yep. It was, uh, you know, I had scratches everywhere and blood was running down my nose. Um, I could see that I had a pretty good gash on my nose right next to my eye. And Greg picked me up. We uh, drive back to this little cabin that we were renting, which is probably about a mile away. And at that point, I'm on the back deck and I take off my raincoat. And at that point, I can see the fleece on my left arm is just soaked with blood, you know, halfway up to the elbow. And I'm like, oh, man, I didn't see that. It was not bleeding through and dripping through the raincoat. The fleece was sucking it up. I take off the fleece, and at that point, I realize that my arm is broken, and I've got a gouge that is just about as thick as your thumb, width-wise, and deep, about as deep as your thumb. Uh, when it was, you know, it, 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 a thickness down probably a good half to three-quarter inch. Yeah, the pictures look and, pretty bad. Yeah, it's uh, it's it was pretty gruesome. I mean, it didn't that didn't really hurt that much. My arm didn't hurt that much, but I could tell it was broken at this point. You know, uh, some disconfiguration and a little bit of swelling. And at that point, my hunting partner Greg. I've known Greg for 40 plus years. He is a ski patrol at the ski resort that, that I ski at. And that's how we kind of met. And he basically is, uh, runs the ski patrol there. He's a professional at that. He has a first aid kit that is second to none. He, uh, took care of me, splinted my arm up, you know, got me, uh, kind of prepped. Then we had to make the drive to Bozeman or to, uh, to Livingston which is about an hour away. Okay. Granted, first snowfall and the roads were brutal. Yep. You want me to keep going or do you want to ask some questions? No, keep going. You're doing just fine. All right. So he gets me wrapped up and uh, we get in his truck and we've got to make the hour long drive to Livingston. Uh, As we're crossing the, uh, the bridge to get on the highway, we run into the outfitter that we work for, uh, Edwin, and uh, tell him what happened. Edwin, you know, asks if he, if he needs to drive us, and Greg says, no, I'm fine. So Edwin called the hospital, let him know that we were coming, called the fish and game, and called the sheriff's department, and let everybody know that, you know, there was a grizzly bear attack. Yep. As we're driving this hour-long drive, the speed limit in there is pretty much like about 65. Everybody's driving about... 30, 35 because of the snow, first snow of the year too. Uh, I think it was a truck flips right in front of us, probably about 300 yards in front of us. Oh boy. Goes off on its side, flips over on its side and is sliding on its top. And cars all pull over. We're pulling up alongside and I'm like, what do we do? And Greg's like, 
we got to keep going. And at that point, we could see these people were, were fine. Yep. And everybody else had stopped or was giving them help. And uh, so we make the, uh, you know, the 45-minute drive to the hospital from that point. And as we walk into the hospital, the double doors open, walk into the reception, and the receptionist is sitting back there. He gets on the PA and says, your bear victim is here. And it was like the gates of heaven from the ER room. The double doors opened up back there. Out walks a doctor, two nurses with a wheelchair, and they were on me within seconds. Awesome. And uh, they took me back there, got me cleaned up, ran x-rays, kind of figured out what, uh, you know, what was bad, what needed to be done. My arm was broken. My... My left eye had uh, bear, bear claw was literally maybe two millimeters away from severely damaging my eye. Um, we had to throw some stitches in the uh, tear duct and oh, wow. uh, right at the base of the tear duct and on my face a little bit. My left, my right eye, probably about a centimeter away as another claw mark. So I came close to losing both the eyes. So they stitched me up there and they said, okay, since the bear broke the bone with her tooth that uh, they needed to bring me to Bozeman and they need to flush the wound before anything can happen. I kind of thought thought that I was just going to be, you know, as we were driving to the hospital, I thought, okay, broken arm, you know, I'll be stitched up, you know, in a cast and on my way in a couple hours. Well, that, stretched into ambulance ride to Bozeman and same type of greeting there, you know, uh, they whisked me into surgery room and did some more x-rays and basically cleaned out the, uh, the wounds and uh, put a, uh, I think it's called a, a vac on me where they had to flush out my arm and any of the other areas where I had bite marks. And uh, so I spent the next five days in, Bozeman Hospital. Oh. Uh, and finally, after about the fourth day where they felt that the uh, any bacteria would not be present, that is when they uh, did surgery. So I have a 10-inch plate in my arm and 10 or 11 screws. Got a lot of stitches, a lot of stitches that were in my arm to kind of put everything together, stitches in my face and I had to spend the night there after that surgery and finally made it back home after that. And it was uh, pretty, pretty interesting being in the hospital, though. The, both the, the staff, the doctors and the nurses were awesome. I mean, could not have been brought to a better place. For one, they're all avid sportsmen, whether it be skiing, hunting, fishing, backpacking, whatever it is. They live the lifestyle that I live. Yep. And they understand the passion and all that. Um, as I'm in the hospital that first night, I put a deal on my Facebook page that, hey, not to, you know, kind of before it gets out of hand here, let me control the rumors. I got attacked by a bear. Yep. And I'm fine. You know, here's here's what's wrong. But uh, everything will be good to go, you know, in a couple of days. And uh just kind of left it, left it at that. Had, you know, by, by 10 o'clock at night, I mean, I probably had like four or 500 
likes, you know, from my or comments from friends or other people. Yeah. I did make the news a little bit at that that evening. By the next morning, my buddy Wesley uh, calls me. And he goes, "You need to get on your Facebook page, man, and kind of control what's going on." I'm like, "What?" He's like, "You got some anti-hunters on there that are just going after you." Oh I'm boy, like, really? Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty bizarre. So my wife's like, "Just leave it alone. I mean, it'll it'll go away." And so I left it alone. It literally, I left it alone for I think about two days. It became a fire, just a, a fire frenzy. It was one negative comment would get ten comments from my hunter friends or pe- people who are passionate about hunting or who don't have any closed mind about it. You know, kind of my keyboard warriors is what I call them. Yep. And I, I had a, a I, was, I know what it's like to have something go viral now. By, I think, two or three days, I had over 15,000 shares. 25,000 comments and likes. And it's crazy. It was crazy. Half of them wanted to kill me. The other half were, you know, hey, you know, hope, I'm glad you're good. You know, we're praying for you. Da, 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 da. It was the most bizarre situation. And come to find out after I started doing research on, on this and started looking back at these people who were posting, it apparently hit the wire in the U.K., Okay. And it got in the, I think it's the Daily Mail. Oh. And a vegan group got a hold of it. And they're, you know, anti-hunter. Yep. They started sharing it with all their other vegan groups. Hey, make sure you, you know, pass this on to your buddies and, you know, in vegan groups. So that's where a bunch of these shares came out and all these just nasty, nasty death threats messages that, you know, I wish that bear would have killed you. I hope your infections, you know, get to you and you die or, you know, go on and on and on. It was these peaceful, loving vegans. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, definitely a a weird few days. Yeah. Unfortunately, we got that sector of the population out there that feels they need to force their agenda on someone else and i don't know i don't i don't understand it it's gotten worse nowadays there's everything is negative in the news i don't watch much news there's no gray area anymore no god no or it's white either left or it's right or left or uh, left or right or right or wrong and yeah that you have no no happy medium it's you know my way or the highway and it's sad yeah yeah, that's that's too bad. Did they? Uh, so did the DNR contact you as far as wanting to do an investigation on the bear and, I, and the I, incident? I skipped. I, I skipped that part, unfortunately. So as I was in the ER in Livingston, okay, literally within ten minutes, in walks the fish and game officer. He was, actually the sheriff walked in first. His name is Greg Todd. And he asked me all sorts of questions about this. Hey, you know, was um, uh, this bear being aggressive? You know, do you think this bear should be euthanized? And it's like, you know, we saw a cub and it's what bears do, you know, unfortunately. Yep. 
then the fishing game officer came in a few minutes later, all the same questions, you know, do you think this bear needs to be put down? Or, you know, both Greg and I are like, no, I mean, this is, this is what the bear does. You know, this is what bears do this is what pretty much all animals do to protect their young and uh, had a sheriff come in also. And, you know, I've been contacted a few times after that by fishing game, just, you know, a couple more questions of more, more than anything, you know, kind of an exact location. Hey, you know, or, Hey, we found your hat. Cause I left my hat there Okay. Um, or not left it, but <laughs> lost it during the, uh, during the frenzy. But uh, yeah, they were, they were right on it. And it was, you know, just wrong, wrong place at the wrong time. I mean, I, my takeaway from this after that, I mean, I still hunt that area. You know, I just, I'm a lot more cautious. I do not walk through bushes anymore. I'll walk around them. I typically do not like to go in or out in the dark okay. in these areas. I'll wait till I can see. And that's pretty much the rule, the rules when we're guiding in, the, in this, uh, in this zone, yep. you know, we'll wait in the truck until we can see. And we need to be back at the truck at dark or a little bit before dark, uh, just because there's a lot of grizzlies in this area that we hunt. And it seems like, you know, more and more. So what are your, your thoughts or, or I guess your, I, I guess, what do you think of bear spray now after having deployed and used it? Because obviously I, you, if you spend any time on online, you hear, you know, good things and bad things like bear spray is a waste of time. All you're doing is, you know, seasoning yourself up for the bear or, and uh, other people that are proponents for it say, oh yeah, it works awesome. You know, it's better than using a gun. And so what, I mean, what are your thoughts on it after seeing how this worked? Well, 15 years ago, I was that guy, you know, yeah, it's just seasoning. Well, it, it saved my life. I've, become well-versed in bear spray, how it works, how to use it. I do um, not seminars, but uh, I'll talk at hunter, hunter safety classes on uh, bear safety, how to deploy bear spray, you know, what to look for, what, you know, what things to avoid, really try and make people bear aware when they're hunting and how to protect themselves. My, my, Here's my thought on it. I, I know that it works. Yep. Um, you know, there's probably times that it hasn't, but there's also times that, you know, somebody shot a pistol and, and shot a bear and the bear still chewed that person up and killed them, but the bear, you know, dies too. Well, yep. it, there's weird things that happen. Bear spray works. If somebody was breaking into your house, would you feel better with a pistol or with a shotgun? You're going to feel better with a shotgun because you know that you're going to hit what you're aiming for. Yep. Same with a, with bear spray. If you were to compare it with a pistol for one, it has a wide area that it covers. It doesn't take much for that bear to get it in their nostrils and get it in their lungs where they're just like, ah, and they're out of there. Yep. With a pistol, especially a grizzly bear, you got to be a pretty good shot. If you hit it in the head, more than likely your bullet's going to skip off that skull. Yep. It's got to be a good shot. And when I mean a good shot, 
you probably have to be down on your knees to be at their level as they're running at you. So you get in that chest cavity. Otherwise you're shooting them in the back, you know, and through shoulder and that stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's guns and bullets that will break through all that, but it's um, in the heat of the moment, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot on the line. Bear spray works. I carry bear spray and I do carry a pistol. Pistol is for, you know, last minute if you know, whatever, if, if I'm, you know, if I'm in the bear's mouth, man, that I've got a pistol. Also, if you're protecting, trying to defend your hunting partner and the bear is on him and you're shooting at a bear, yeah, there's chance that you're going to possibly shoot your hunting partner. Yep. Whether you have a pass through on, on a bear, whether you miss, you know, during the, the frenzy, a lot can happen. And I, where I live here in Idaho, that happened, it's happened twice up near the Canadian border yeah, I in heard Idaho, that story. where the guy ended up shooting his hunting partner. Yep. And, you know, he has to live with that. I mean, you know, it's, it, it's not a, not a good thing no matter what, but that pistol would be, you know, last, last thing. If you had bear spray, I feel that it would work. It's, you know, you're always going to have your, you know, your, I don't, I hate to use the word, you know, your gun nuts that, you know, that, that talk that way. Yep. I, you know, I run into it all the time when I'm talking or giving my spiel, you know, people, you know, down, you know, downgrade bear spray, but I can tell you this, it works and you hear so many more success, so many successful stories about it. Also, you know, you shoot a grizzly bear, they're going to be doing a lot of investigation. I mean, it's, it's, it, it's probably going to cost you some money for an attorney. You know, it's not unless, you know, you're chewed up and that's about it that you you might be able to to get off that way, but they're going to be, they're going to go in deep, you know, just safety all the way around bear spray works. You can use it, you know, if you mountain lion, whatever it might be, you know, I'm, I don't know. it, it, It works. I guess if you really think about it, in the heat of the moment, very few people are going to be cool, calm, and collected enough to pull the pistol, take a good aim, and put well-placed shots into a moving animal that's coming at you. I mean, in the heat of the moment, your adrenaline is going through the roof. You're freaking out. Like, what the heck is is happening right now? So, like you said, you probably have a way better shot pulling your bear spray out, and now you're getting a wide spray and the second that hits their their nervous system you know it's they they breathe it in get it in their eyes it hits that system right away they're like oh i don't like this and they're out of there you know it's very rare you're going to have a when the top marksman in the world can able to you know put a heart heart shot on a grizzly that's coming at you at 30 miles an hour you know yeah i mean it's it's uh you can save yourself both ways, but bear spray, I think, is the safest way and probably the most consistent way of being able to protect yourself against a bear. Now, I've, I've heard this from different guys. You know, I know bear attacks happen usually very quickly. Do you, I mean, time frame here, like how how many seconds do you think that bear or minutes or or how long do you think that bear was on top of you? 
In well, reality, not very long. Probably two, three seconds. Yeah, I mean, not maybe five seconds. I don't know. Just it happened quick. Um, I mean, you know, did it had, did it feel like it was longer than that in the moment? Just, I don't want to say that it felt like it was in slow motion. Okay, but I mean, I could see, you know, I could see in her nose. I mean, I could see in her mouth. I could see her eyes. I could see her paws and, you know, trying to, you know, get a hold of me a little bit, you know, a little bit more as I, as I was resisting, you know, and I, 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 I'm, like I said, I'm guessing probably three seconds, you know, not, not much, but it doesn't take much. No, more. it doesn't. To, you know, once they get a hold of you, then it'd be a different story. But um, I'm still in that, re, you know, that def- uh, defense mode. You know, you count to three seconds, it's one, two, three. You know, it's a lot can be done with an animal, you know, yep. ripping, ripping your bones. So I, I'm guessing yeah, that I don't, I'm guessing that long. that sow came in at you. You know, the grizzly, their, her little cub ran off. And she thought you were a threat to the cub, so that she wanted mm-hmm. to just neutralize the threat. Yeah. And that's why she was, you know, quick, fierce attack. Oh, doesn't seem like there's any more, you know. Well, you're, you're not sprayed. a threat, and plus she got sprayed. Yeah. But so, it, I mean, the, one of the first things, and you hear this from people that, ha- that have been attacked and did not have bear spray, when they roll over on their stomach, and have their arms behind their head, you know, behind their neck, trying to protect themselves that way. Yep. When they're screaming and kicking, that bear just kept going. Yep. And just kept, you know, my the threat is still here. When they stop that, and it's like, I got to shut up. Play dead. Play dead. Play dead. That is when it typically stops. And I've, I've heard and read and heard, you know, a podcast and actually talked to one guy, Todd Orr, about that. And, you know, he when he played dead, that bear was right behind, you know, nose was right above his neck. He could just the breathing and the, and the jumping on his, on his back with his paws. And he just had to resist making any sort of whimpering. And then finally the bear left. Um, one of the things that, you know, grizzlies are notorious for that, you know, We've had had grizzlies bluff charges before, but nothing that close. You know, 60, 70 yards. They'll run, you know, one, one to two bounds, you know, 10, 15 feet, and then stop and then kind of pound the ground like, hey. And, you know, that's typically a bluff charge. They might do that a couple of times. That's kind of what we thought was going to happen, you know, in the first couple of seconds of this and like i said you know it was 15 yards away so not very far didn't take her very long to uh to get on us and yeah it it it, one of the things that i that i've learned from this experience the second i see a bear i'm not worried about putting my arms up being big my first thing is just to start yelling and getting that bear spray out as quickly as I can. So you don't, so you don't surprise them. Pig. Yeah, if she's if she's if they're coming for you, they're coming for you. Yep. Just be ready. And that two seconds that I wasted, you know, one second of 
oh shit, this is happening. And you know, the second second, like, oh, I should probably. And by that time, it's like third second, she's probably, you know, on me or right next to being on me. So you need to be on it and grab it as soon as you can. Don't worry about being big. When I go into areas that, like going through creek bottoms or areas that is really dark and kind of um, holds grizzlies, especially during September when it's hot out. Um, I mean, I'll have my bear spray sometimes in my hand, sometimes out, safety off. I mean, I'm ready. It's, it, 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 I, I can't ex- uh, express it enough. You know, it, when it happens, it happens quick. So you want to, you want to be able to, uh, uh, defend yourself. Yeah. Do you think you've changed the way you've hunted after this experience? Uh, a little bit. What the only, what I've changed in my hunting is, uh, and I said this kind of in the beginning, I don't walk through bushes anymore. If there's, you know, a, a, like a little Island of trees and bushes, you know, a hundred yards wide, I'll probably walk around it rather than through it. If I'm going, if for some reason I'm, I'm coming out in the dark, you know, I'm making a lot of freaking noise. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't worry about blowing anything out of there. I want to make sure that whatever is around can hear me. Yep. That. And, um, you know, I'm just, if I see sign, for instance, uh, last year I, I ran into fresh elk kill that was buried i mean lit from the day before okay i walked through there on one day and when i came out that that evening this was on an area that was not a whole lot of bears but when i came out it was it was still daylight didn't need my headlight and as i had it on my head ready to ready to roll because we're getting close and as I'm looking down, just kind of following the trail, right in front of me is just a mound of dirt from an elk carcass that had been covered up. Yep. And I walked that same trail the day before. So I had a fresh elk kill that I walked in on. And as soon as that happened, I mean, bear spray was out, headlight was on. I was yelling all the way back to the, to the truck, you know, 15 minute hike out there, just making as much noise as I possibly could. Yep. Yeah. It's, uh, it, there's, there's bears out there and it can happen. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you guys, uh, made it out and made it out safely. And yeah, luckily you didn't run into that bear sitting, you know, watching its killed somewhere <laughs> in there. Ugh. there was, uh, I got some reports from some people. There was actually two sows and two cubs that were in that area the week before and a little bit the week after. I sent you the photo that the fishing game put up um, that says there's a bear attack in there. Yep. So be aware. Uh, in this, actually, in this area too, I just found out a couple days ago that uh, Forest Service or Fishing Game, I'm not sure which one shut down the area for anybody walking in there because not a, not a huge area, probably two miles long, mile wide. 
three, maybe three miles long, a mile wide. And a lot of buffalo got killed in there this winter. So there was five or six grizzlies that were living in this little basin and uh, just way too many encounters with humans. So, you know, one of the, one of the uh, uh, fishing game or forest service, you know, shut down that area until, you know, carcasses kind of got cleaned out by the bears and uh, yeah, let things kind of get back to normal. It's um, been definitely uh, interesting to see the amount of, bear activity you know that that is in this area now that i'm really i've got a watchful eye out for it well is there anything else you want to share with us today bob no it's just uh you know it's don't don't be that person that thinks hey it never happened to me and i mean things can happen in a flash be prepared bear spray i said works i carry it all the time i mean when i'm doing 3d archery shoots in Montana and Idaho, I've got it on. You know, we were at Big Sky this year at the uh, Total Archery Challenge, and <laughs> I'm not making this up. There is a bear target, one of those little mini targets. Yep. It's a bear. And there is an actual black bear, a good-sized one, chewing up the target. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it can happen. And yep. it can happen anywhere. I mean, black bears are can be nasty. Oh, Grizzlies yeah. are just uh, just crazy. You know, they're not afraid of anything. They are the apex predator. Yep, for sure. Well, well I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, and, thank uh, you. Tell my story and share the uh, my knowledge about and you know bear spray. It works. Thank you, Bob, for reaching out to me and sharing your incredible encounter with Mother Nature's top predator. If it wasn't for the fierce courage you and Greg displayed that day, things could have turned deadly very quickly. It's also a reminder to those of us who hunt solo each fall to be bear alert at all times. We as hunters are doing exactly what the experts tell people not to do in bear country. We travel at low light, we don't make noise unless it's to sound like a bear's prey, and we haul a bear's next meal anytime we harvest an animal on our back. But I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Tens of thousands of hunters and hikers go into the wilderness each year and come back out at no worse than a few pounds lighter. Bear attacks are extremely rare, and we must follow the golden rules of the backcountry when storing food or game. And please, always carry bear spray and a chest harness if you plan on carrying a handgun. I will put links for Bob's Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on my social media. And as always, enjoy the freedom of the wild outdoors. If you like what you heard today, click the subscribe button to hear more upcoming stories. If you or someone you know have a survival story you'd like to share, contact me at I survived the wild outdoors at gmail.com.